Hey, good morning. It's Monday, March 30th. We're back into our daily Bible reading. Uh, we've got a section of scripture that uh, sadly is not, um, not a good section of scripture. Matter of fact, it's a really depressing section of scripture and it's Judges chapters one and two. And I say that because it uh, is starting a period of time of a lot of failure in Israel's history. I mean, we've had these great days with Moses and Joshua, had a lot of problems here and there, but overall these were heroes. And um, I mean, go back to 2000 BC, Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And then we have in 1445, Moses leads the children of Israel out. In 1440, you've got, um, or 1400 rather, you've got Joshua starting the conquest, conquering the land. And now after all of that is done, we start a 335 year period in biblical history of basically failure. Failure and God delivers after the failure leads to enslavement and uh, God raises up a deliverer. The deliverer is who is labeled the judge. In other words, the book of Judges is identifying 12 different judges in this 335 year period who are called by God to deliver the people. Some familiar names here, stories like Samson we're gonna get into. Uh, you're gonna know some of these names, but in the first two chapters, we just set the context. So today we're gonna to read about these judges. It's gonna set the sad scene of after Joshua and Caleb's generation is gone, you end up having a, uh, a real sad period of increasing idolatry, God's judgment. They cry out for help. God sends a judge, a deliverer. They repent. God gets them out of the, the mess that they're in. They come into a time of prosperity and Judges talks about how long that is in each case. And then they fall into idolatry and rebellion. It just gets bad, it really bad, worse and worse it seems. You'll read a lot of terrible things in the book of Judges and it's a good reminder for us to remember that um, you know, we're all susceptible to that, particularly because as the beginning of Judges tells us, they didn't finish the job that God asked them to do under Joshua and Caleb. And because of that, they didn't route out the Canaanites the way that God asked them to, not fully at least. Uh, it really sowed the seas for a lot of discord and trouble and eventually compromise and idolatry. So Judges 1 and 2, not a happy section of scripture, but I can tell you a great section in Luke chapter 7 that we're going to read. The first half of Luke 7, we're going to see the centurion. Here's this uh, non-Jewish man, this Roman that ends up having an amazing faith that Jesus hails as great. He heals the servant that he'd asked to have healed. Uh, we see Jesus raising the widow's son. Only a few times in scripture do we see a, a resurrection from the dead. And here is one of them in Luke chapter 7. And then we see John the Baptist doubting uh, Jesus, whether he's the Christ or not. And that really makes a lot of people scratch their heads. But if you study everything about the coming Messiah in the Old Testament, you have a hard time seeing the distinction between him coming as a suffering servant and him coming as a reigning king. We can look back now and know that there's a, at least now a 2000 year distance between those two things. But in that day, here is John the Baptist reading all these things about the Messiah. Of course, he knows that Jesus is claiming to be the Messiah. He's done miracles. He, he should know better. But as he sits in a jail across the Jordan, on the east side of the Jordan, uh, he is there as a prisoner and the good guys are losing and the bad guys seem to be winning. And so John sends messengers and says, just is Jesus really the Christ? And so Jesus sends word back that the fulfillment of prophecy is taking place, at least the verification of his Messiahship by the miracles that he's doing and that he just needs to trust God's timetable. And for us, it's the same way. Uh, we may believe the truth of God's word, but sometimes we struggle 
with the timetable and we need to learn the patience that John the Baptist had to learn and it was going to end poorly for his life in this world. But the Bible says Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and he's coming back in power. The one another I want you to work on today on this Monday is Galatians chapter 5 verse 26. The scripture says, do not envy one another. A lot of our one another's have been positive. We've had a couple of negative ones now in the sense that it's a prohibition. We don't want to envy one another. Envy is a problem. Jealousy and envy, the Bible says, causes nothing but conflict. It not only causes heartache in our own hearts when we are longing for something we can't have. Maybe it's the attention someone else has. Maybe it's the wealth that someone else has. Maybe it's the relationship that someone else has. Uh, but we need to recognize that God says you ought to be content with what you have. Doesn't mean you don't work to change your situation, but it does mean that you are content with the lot that God has given you at this time and you are not coveting, you're not envying, you're not jealous. When you are, it causes nothing but strife. We need to learn to rejoice with those who rejoice. If there's someone that's got a better advantage in life than you do, uh, they look better, they're smarter, they've got better uh, you know, material wealth, they have better opportunities, whatever it is, we need to learn to rejoice with those who rejoice. Let me put it this way. This is a great equalizer of this principle to get us to think rightly. If these were your children that were having all of these advantages, I mean, I hope you love your kids enough to be happy about the advantages they have, to rejoice with those who rejoice. So today, if you've got people in your life that you're tempted to envy, to covet their situation, to be jealous about maybe the things that they have that you don't have, I need you to sit back and recognize that we should be glad that they have the advantages they have. We ought to really truly learn to love them enough to rejoice in their rejoicing in the good that they have. And we need to learn to be content with even the challenges that God brings us, even the cross that God might have you bearing right now in your life that's different than the person across the street or the person in your small group. Let's recognize that God has chosen our lot for us very carefully. There's not a molecule in the universe that's out of the control of God. He's put things in your life that may be harder than the next, but please do not, as the Bible tells us here in Galatians 5:26, do not envy your brothers or sisters in Christ. So there's your one another for the day. We'll turn to another positive one tomorrow. 